Okay, so, man, I love doing that. That's exciting. Miss Maria, you make my life so happy. I love the fact that I get to think about Turkey and Maria and sexy rails, things like that. So, it's awesome. Um, man, this is an exciting day. And, and so, we've only got a little bit of time, so I'm going to talk a lot about what God is doing and just share a little bit of the Word. So, it's going to be a little bit of combo preaching and talk about this. And I've been kind of alluding over the months to these to the possibility of some things that God were doing, and then I've been telling everybody that we've got this huge announcement that we're going to make, and so to come to church, and, and sort of in the world's worst kept secret of all time, I'm, I was telling somebody this morning, I was like, I'm so glad I'm not pregnant, because you guys would have given all the news away, um, because you can't keep a secret to save your lives this week, but in the world's kind of less than uh, secret secret, um, here it is, I am Batman. No, um, the, um, that would be awesome though, wouldn't it? Um, the Lord... <laughs> The Lord has blessed us, and we believe he's leading us, to and, and given us a new space to meet and do church. Now, we've been talking about that for a long time, and we've been working towards it. And we've loved the place that we're in. Don't get me wrong. God has blessed us beyond belief with this. But as we talked about, especially when we were going in stewardship and talking about our visions for 2012, this place has ex- incredible limitations for us. And so for the past year... We have been searching and looking and praying that God would open up some doors um, for us to be able to find a place that we could do church, that we could do life, that would not, it doesn't have to be perfect, but that it would suit our needs. And we believe that God has opened up that after, I mean, I'm talking about dozens and dozens of places that we have looked at and prayed over and fought through. Um, God has, has led us to a place. And we had some very specific criteria that we believe God had for us. We wanted to be in a certain part of the neighborhood. We didn't want to move up to Edmond or we didn't want to move outside Broadway Extension. We really wanted to, to find our neighborhood that we're in. And, and put up a beachhead of, of ministry where we could be visible and we could do worship well and we could um, have a safer and better place for our children. So what we have found and what we are blessed to kind of announce this morning, and I'm going to give you the good and the bad, is that God has opened up a space for us just five blocks from where we are north of Western. And David's got a picture of it, maybe you've seen it, but the old Iglesia building on 49th and Western, you're going to drive by it on the way home today, if you go that way. If not, you're probably going to drive by it anyway, all right? It's five blocks north of here on 49th and Western, kind of right cattywampus from the uh, um, uh, Bishop McGinnis. It's a three-story building. We are actually, and I'll kind of give you a lot of details, we're just leasing two of the floors. We're not buying the building. We told you last fall we weren't really interested in purchasing space and putting all of our money into owning property. We just feel like there's some steps between here and there that we need to to do. And plus, we have just a bigger heart for mission. We didn't want to be all locked up in that. But we're going to rent this space, much the way that we've rented Will Rogers' space, the top two floors. It's a three-story building, and we're going to lease the top two floors. You can kind of, the bottom floor down there by the little staircase is more of a basement, and just cost-wise, we just did, it only made sense for us to lease the top two floors. Now, there's some really great things about this space for us. One, um, it gives us a place to really um, kind of authentically and continually do worship ministry and mission. So we can use the space all the time. We're running it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're signing a two-year lease with a third-year option, so we've got some, some time to really sink our lives in the neighborhood. We'll have designated worship space. We'll have, we'll have not quite as much as we want, but better space for kids, safer space for kids. We'll get them all out of the hallway and whatever party went on here last night, get them off the carpet, you know, type of deal. And we'll have better, safer place for, for, uh, for kids, and it will give us a beachhead in the neighborhood that we can then begin to do mission out of, and we're very excited about those opportunities. It will also give us a visible presence. Instead of, you know, seeing our, our church signs for about two or three hours on a Sunday morning, we'll be able to 
be visible to the whole of the community being right on Western will be um, kind of a, a great drive-by, if you will. People will know that we, we actually exist. So there's a lot of really amazing things that this space will allow us to do. Life groups can meet there. Gatherings can happen there. Covenant community classes can meet there. Everything that we need to do and that we struggle to find space to do as a church can take place in this new space, which is huge, huge. I mean, because... This building, we pay. We don't pay a ton, but we pay enough um, to where it's so much more cost effective for us to look at doing different a different space than just renting four hours on each uh, weekday or Sunday Sunday morning. So those are some of the really great things. Those things go without uh, kind of without saying a why they're so great. But there's some extreme challenges with this space as well as with any space. All right, some of the challenges are that it's kind of small. I mean, we're pretty small. But, I mean, it's small. We think at best we're going to be able to get about 140 people into our worship space to be on the, th- on the third floor, which, which means that we're going to be going to two services, which isn't ideal, but we recognize that it's something we have to do for the meantime. This is not an end option for us. In our life as a church, we're going to be moving probably multiple times as God grows us and establishes us and, and changes us and challenges us. And this is a, a step between wherever God is leading us, but it means we're going to have to do things like possibly go to, to two services pretty quickly, um, which is not ideal, but okay, um, because we're going to be really trying to reach new people. This is your church, this is our church, and we want to reach new people with the gospel. If it just stays us, we're kind of of failing. We want to see new people meet Christ. We're not interested in having giant numbers, but we're interested in transformation of lives. So the space is a little bit small, but that's okay. Cozy is is okay. Um, It's got some parking issues. There's not a ton of space, but we've worked out an agreement with the um, the cleaners across the street. Right across the street, you'll see it. They're letting us use their parking on Sunday morning, which is great. Um, And then we'll have to do some, a little bit of residential parking, but those are all small problems in this sort of scheme of things. It also has got a. It also has a, a sort of a short term. We know that we're only leasing it for a, a short period of time, and so that can be both a pro, pro and a con. Um, but also, one of the great challenges is that it's it's got a pretty high cost associated with us. We've been pretty blessed to have a real low overhead of life for the past really six or so months as we have grown into our our life as a church. I mean, we rent space on Sunday morning. We have mobile everything, and we don't have anything else that we pay for. I mean really when it comes to space. So we've, got, so we've had some luxuries. We don't own anything. I mean, what you see in here really only outside of the banners and a few lamps and tables is owned by Will Rogers. We don't own tables and chairs and all those kind of things. I mean, we have the coffee pot. It's got bungee cord lid on it, but we own that. So <laughs> heck yeah, we're taking that with us. That's our coffee pot. The bungee cords too. But we don't own a lot, okay? And that's been a, an incredible blessing. But with new space, as you can imagine, there's uh, some, some big associated costs, right? We have an increased rent because we are now sp- we now have space that's our own. We've got utility costs, right? We have renovation costs because, this, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about these specifically in a moment, but the, the building itself needs some renovations for us to even be able just to do worship in there. We only own a little bit of AV equipment. We own enough to get by on Sunday mornings, but we don't own the big stuff. We don't own audiovisual equipment. We use... Will's stuff, right? So we don't, we don't own chairs. We don't own any of these things, right? So that's great. We don't really want to own a whole lot of stuff, but some things are going to be necessary for us to have. I mean, I'm assuming when you come to church, you want to sit, right? We're going to need chairs, right? Those are, those are the, we're, we're thinking about getting Pilates balls for everybody, because that'll be, um, but we're going to need all those things, and there's some, some high costs associated with that. And I'm going I'm to break that down for you in just a little bit because it is important everybody understands what we're, we're getting ready to do. So, but we, here's the, at the end of the day, here's what we believe. We believe that God is leading us to this space. We believe the location and the opportunity 
um, are something that the Lord has led us to. Over a year, a year plus of searching and looking, um, your leaders believe that this is where God is leading us. And we're willing to risk those things to see what God is going to do. And it's just time, and we're excited to do it. So beginning today, right, today over the next four weeks, we are actually going to be launching what, I'm, what we're calling a, a kind of new beginnings fundraising effort. We're going to try and raise the money that we need to get into the space and, and I want to break that down because it's going to take every single one of us saying that we want to be a part of what God is doing in order to make this a reality. I want to break it down for you. And Tim and Kale are going to come around in a second. They're going to, you can probably go ahead and do it. And they're going to pass out some, some envelopes and a little sheet of paper to you. And, and I'll tell you about it as we go before we kind of get into the word here. Because I want you to understand what these costs are. Because it's going to take all of us as a church to make this happen. Now let me say this first when we talk about money. We're doing this with or without the dollars. We have, God has blessed us. We have money in the bank to begin the process. So we're not waiting on this fundraising effort to begin. Renovations to our space begins on Wednesday. We sign the lease and we start paying both of these spaces on Wednesday. So Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. we begin the renovations uh, to make the space usable for us. So we are, we are moving forward. But we're using four weeks to try and gather some effort from all of us to raise the money that we need. Now, we've set a target, and before everybody just has it collapses in your chair, we set a target of $80,000 that we would like to raise in the next four weeks. Now, we recognize that that's an incredibly lofty goal, and the chances of hitting that are probably slim to none. But we really believe that with all of our effort, we can make that happen. And here's how that number breaks down. We've got about 40-ish thousand dollars in renovation costs that need to happen, a little bit more um, that need to happen to the space. We've got a, some, some adjustments that we made to some of the flooring. Um, we've got parking lot issues, some um, painting issues, electrical issues, all those kind of things. Just standard renovations for us to be able to even do church and uh, have our kids in there and those kind of things. Just kind of standard stuff, flooring. And that's kind of a big chunk of our cost. All right, We've also got AV and sound issues that we've got to fill. It's a small space. As you've kind of been noticing over the past months, Don and the band have kind of been reworking a little bit of what our sound looks like to be able to do more acoustic style worship with hand percussion and some of those things. So it's a smaller space. But it's a really cool space. But we need sound equipment that will do that well. We need boards and we need speakers and we need amps. And we need all the things that Will Rogers supplies us that we don't have. We also need AV equipment. We need equipment to be able to do things like show words and videos. And those things are important. I mean, you could go back to the old school overhead, but I don't even know where you find those anymore. Or hymnals. I mean, who know, you know, we're not even sure how to use those. So we, we need those kind of things. And that's another $10,000 plus cost to be able to get those things uh, in the building. Um, we've got supplies for the Vine Kids. Right now, all of our kids' supplies fit in one black tub with a yellow lid. That's all we have for children. So we need supplies for our kids, chairs for them to be able to sit at. Right now, they're on tarps on the floor. So we need things for those two spaces. We've got a couple of good spaces for, for Vine Kids. We need stuff for the children. We need to be able to, um, to put them in spaces where that are safe and, and all those um, kind of things as well. And, and we need chairs, and we need all that kind of stuff. And these 150 chairs, and you start associating these costs, and all of a sudden, we're, we're up into the, the 70-ish thousands of dollars. We need exterior signage. We want to be able, people on Western to be able to be like, oh my gosh, hey, look, I've heard of the Vine. They meet there. Here's signs, things like that. But one of our big commitments that we're making because we have a, such a huge missional heart as a church, is that 10% of whatever we raise 
We're giving away to local missions. So our heartbeat really is this. We're not just looking to raise money for ourselves and say, hey, look, we got a building and we got new chairs or we got used chairs or whatever. I mean, we're looking to say, God, we want to be a part of what you're doing. So your leaders have committed to say whatever we raise, and we set a goal of 80 with eight grand off the top, but if we raise 100 or if we raise 70, um, we're going to take 10% of whatever that is, and we're going to partner with a local ministry in town called Cross and Crown Mission. I spent last Wednesday with them. They're down off 10th and McKinley, and they are killing it. I mean, it is amazing the things that this young, uh, this couple and their partners are doing in the community. Medical clinics, eye care for homeless. They're, they're, they're doing incredible things down there. And we're going to get Paul Whitmore, the director of that uh, ministry, to come in and speak over the next few weeks. And he's going to talk to us about what God is doing down there. But we're going to partner with them to, to kind of invest in our local heart so that we're not just saying, man, this is all about us. So the sheet that you're getting in your hand is really the beginning of this New Beginnings campaign. And when I'll talk about New Beginnings in a minute, because it's not just about New Beginning for us as a church, but really about the gospel that we are um, promoting and pushing. Because this facility is going to help us advance our mission. It's not about us and a place to worship. You know, this is about us advancing our mission as the, go- the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the way that we're looking at it for in, in the next four weeks is that we really want you and your family to consider giving in one of two ways. We want you to consider making a one-time gift above your, whatever your tithe is. You know, this is what we give regularly. We want you to, to look at your, your life and say, this is what we can do on a one-time gift. Or maybe we're going to give you the option to do a six-month, once-a-month gift. We don't want this to be a prolonged thing where you've got to commit to some kind of campaign where you're three years in. I mean, we just want to do what you can do. And, and maybe you can't write a $600 check, but you could write $100 a month. Or, or maybe you, you, know, you can't write $100 checks, but you can write $20 a month. And so you can commit that way over the next six months. Or, or maybe you can make a one-time gift. Now, here's where we want you to think outside the box a little bit. We, this is our church. This is your church. We want you to be creative about how we can get into this space together. So one of the things that I'm thinking about doing is that when I left seminary and when I kind of got through my church work, I have, I mean, I literally thousands and thousands of books, um, commentary sets, you know, Hebrew books, Greek books, all this different stuff. My, one of my goals is to pull all those out, which I've got them all in the global headquarters in my garage, and begin to sell them, to raise money so that we can put that into um, this facility. So creative ways to think about saying, man, God, we believe so deeply in what you're doing in us as a church um, that we're willing to think create creatively. So we're really challenging everybody in our community to give. Now, if you're here for the first time and you're like, yeah, I show up on the one day when they're hitting me up. For, we're not hitting you up. It's not, we don't want you to give. We want you to come. But if you're a part of this community and you've been coming for a while or you're one of our covenant members, we need you to be a part of this process. All right, This process involves all of us. So even however small it is, man, we can go through scripture. All we want talk about widow's might and coins and what God blesses. And so just whatever that means. You know, and, and even if you're at a place where you're like, Trip, I don't have a dollar, your support and your continued prayer effort, or maybe you can write on there, hey, look, I'm really good at mowing yards, I'm really good at carrying stuff, this is what I can offer, and we will, we will take anything that we can get, because we believe that all of God's talents are going to pull together to make this a reality. Now, I'm not going to preach on this every week, but we are going to be mentioning it for four weeks, and then we're just going to kind of move on, um, because we're going to see what God does in four weeks, and then we're going to step into this, this process together. It's a huge number, we know that, but... There's these things that we've got to do in order to do that right. Now, if we only raise $30,000, then then we've got some of the resources in the bank that we don't want to have to leverage right now, but we're going to put those in there, and then we'll just piece the rest thing together. We'll bungee cord coffee pots together, and we'll pull out the chairs that we can, and we'll get so-and-so down the street to donate. I mean, we are not worried because we know this, this church right here does not expect the fancy things in life in order to come to worship, right? What we expect is to be a part of an authentic community that says, God, you are 
just that good, and I love being here. But we want to do it well, and we want to do it right, not only to honor the Lord, but to honor the people that God is blessing us with. Because every new person that walks through our door, whether it's this door, whether it's a door up the street, is is an investment of a life that God has blessed this church with. And how we treat and respond and act towards that investment speaks volumes about the gospel that we proclaim. So we take that very, very seriously. So this afternoon when you're leaving here and you drive up, I want you to imagine what God is going to be doing in that space for the next years for us. Imagine what that means for us and all the great things that God is going to do in there, but all the challenges we have to overcome as we get there. Now, now that aside, because here's, here's, at this moment in time in our life, what's important is that we think about, man, these are great things and God is doing really cool stuff. Oh, and by the way, we are really close, hopefully really close to being able to hire a, a Vine Kids director, which we're really excited about, which is a whole nother level of huge announcements, which is not a secret anymore, but will be announced hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. We'll be excited about that. God is moving in our midst, things we've been praying for. We set a vision out in front of everybody in the early Octobers. Uh, we talked about our four vision points for 2012. Um, Worship space was the first one. Finding an authentic space that was safe and that was um, really a place for us to be able to say, God, our first and foremost heart is about worshiping you, and we want a space where we can do that. We talked about Vine Kids and a need for adjustments with our children, getting them off the floors and getting them into places where we can have families that will trust us to help lead their kids to Christ. We talked about uh, mission, having a big mission heart and redeveloping and, and kind of pushing our global heart and our, our, our local heart. And we talked about community, redeveloping our life group structures and some other things. These are all things we're tackling this year and God is moving in, this, in, our, in, our, in our midst and this space is going to allow us to push that mission forward. Now, we have values that we hold together as a church. You've heard me talk about them a bunch, worship-driven, community-minded, missionally focused. Those are the things that are important to us, right? We've got an approach to how we live those, those values out. Love God, love people, follow Jesus. So that's how we live out our values. But what we've really been talking about over the past, kind of without you knowing, over the past year really is, is our mission. And I've been kind of working it into everything that I preach. What is our mission as a church, and we really alluded to it in October when we talked about our vision. And our real mission as a church is simple, and it's knowable, and it's this. It's to love much and love well, right, as we take the gospel to the one, to the city, and to the world. Now, we've been talking about that in all kinds of different language, but we're really articulating it now, and you're beginning to see it, and I'm going to begin to teach through it, because it's the driving force behind why we do things like try and find new space, why we try and love children, why we try and love people and get involved in global and local mission efforts, because Scripture tells us to love much and love well, right? To love the world, to love each other in a sort of extravagant way and to do it well the way that Christ loved us and to take the gospel out of this place. Because you've got to remember, a new space for us is not our church home, all right? The church home is where we gather. It is the ecclesia. It's when we're in the park, right? It's when we're here. It's when we're over there. That is not our church home. We're not going to go to church and leave church. We are the church, right? But what it becomes is it becomes a launching place for mission and ministry. A new facility becomes a launching place for mission and ministry, for us to take the gospel into the world, to the one, right, to the city and to the world. Not raise our flag up and say, hey, look at all that we've got, but instead say, God, we're going to use this as a platform to take the gospel into the world because that's what Jesus did. He left the towns that he was in and he walked the roads taking the gospel, the kingdom of God to people, which becomes the call of all of us. 
This morning what I want you to hear in the word is as we refocus our mission a little bit because I want you to understand that and it's really important to me that we get this as a church. This is not about space and it's not about us and it's not about doing something different, right? But it's about being effective in the mission and call that we've been given as a church. And raising these kind of dollars and being a part of what God is doing is only, only acceptable to me if it's advancing our mission. That's it. It's not acceptable at all to me if it's not. And I want to show you something out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning as we kind of take a little bit of time in the Word, and I'm going to do it real quickly. Because I think that if there's any section in text that has changed my heart for the church and my heart for the gospel, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, because, and this really becomes a hallmark of where we've developed our, our values from, our approach from, and our mission from, right? To, to love much and love well as we take the gospel to the individual, to the city, to the world, to the one, to the city, to the world. And I want you to hear it because if this isn't echoed in everything that we do, um, then we've completely missed what God is calling us to. And I don't want to be a part of it. So this needs to be our driving force. Listen to these verses and we'll sort of pray everything out at the end, but... This is what 2 Corinthians, and Paul's teaching the Corinthian church, this church in Corinth. He's reminding them of why they exist. This isn't an instruction to an individual. It's an instruction to a community of believers like ours, right? And we're going to start in verse 14. He says this. He says, for Christ's love, 2 Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So Paul says this to the church. He says, listen, what I want you to understand first about your mission is that we are compelled by the love of Christ, right? It's what drives us. The driving force behind the church, behind who we are, behind who we're called to be as followers of Christ is the love of Christ compels us. It means that as a church, we can never be driven by anything else. We can't be driven by size, by budgets, by things, by hoping that the Christian subculture around us will write books about us and applaud at what we're doing by comparing ourselves to the church across the street, across town, on TV, whatever. None of those things can be our driving force. The driving force, the compelling force behind our life as a church can only be the love of Jesus. And not that sort of happy-go-lucky God is kind of love and we rub elbows and all that and God loves everything. Because look at what Paul says. You want to kind of love he's talking about, verse 15, that Christ died for all. The kind of love that Paul's talking about is a sacrificial, extravagant love that sent Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to the cross. Not to pat ourselves on the back and tell everybody everything's going well, but the kind of love that gets really real and says, I want to sacrifice and live in a way that Christ lived for me. It's what drives us as a church. If our compelling mission is not driven by the love of Jesus, we've missed the entire point. But sadly, oftentimes as churches, we get driven by other things. Status, stature, buildings, things, stuff, praise, um, power, whatever. I I won't be a part of it. So 14, we're driven by the love of Christ only. We want people to know the kind of sacrificial love that took Jesus to the cross that redeemed our lives, my life. Verse 16, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we regarded Christ in this way. We do, know, we, do know, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So he says, listen, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Right? I've been talking about this. If you've ever come, you've heard me say this. Following Christ changes the way that we see the world. Paul says, we see no one from a worldly point of view. You know what that means? It means this. Everybody is redeemable. 
by the love of Jesus Christ, by the grace of God, every single person is redeemable. The broken, the poor, the oppressed, the incarcerated, the sick, the wealthy, the religious, every person is redeemable by the blood of Jesus. And what Paul says is that we will see no one from a worldly point of view. You know how we see them? We see them through the eyes of Christ. Why? Because verse 17 says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone as new become, new, the new has come. This is the ultimate in new beginnings. And it's the gospel that drives us. That every single person, whether broken, afflicted, disenchanted, angry, mad, bitter, whatever, they're redeemable by the love of Jesus. No one is beyond God's reach. Which means for you is that your life is not beyond his reach either. Every part of your life, every corner of your heart is not beyond the reach of God. For anyone who is in Christ is a brand new creation, new beginnings. It's not just about a building that we have or that we're trying to acquire and raise money for, but new beginnings is about the gospel that we proclaim, transformation of lives. No one is beyond the redeemable reach of Jesus Christ. No one. Listen to verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us that message. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal from us. Paul says, look, this is from God. What God was doing was reconciling the world to him through Jesus. You know what the word reconcile means? It means to bring back to harmony with. What God was doing was he was bringing the world back to harmony with his heart through Jesus Christ. And you know what he's done, church? He's given the church this message of reconciliation. You are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You know, that means for us as the church, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We represent Christ to the world. He's given us the message of reconciliation to bring back to harmony with God through Jesus. It becomes our banner. It becomes everything that we're about. We're building up the street here in Will Rogers, in the park, wherever we go, we are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And not just gathered here when we're all together, but in your workplace, in your home. How you talk to your mom, how you talk to your dad, how you talk to your wife. You're an ambassador of Christ. Who are you representing? driving mission and then finally and i'll wrap everything up with this and i'll invite the band they can already come back up <clears throat> says this for god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god this is the picture of the gospel in the nutshell for god made him jesus who had no sin who was perfect to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god what that basically says is this you are broken and dying and God made his son, who was holy and perfect, to actually become sin, to take on all of your sin for you, so that in Christ, you might become the display of God's glory. I mean, if there's one amazing verse in all of scripture, that's the one for me. In all of my sinful life, in all of my mess, God made Jesus take all of my sin so that I could be the display of his glory. I mean, this is incredible stuff. This is the mission of this church. This should be the mission of the church, period. But I can't worry about all that. This is the mission of who we are. To take the gospel into the world. To love people well and deeply. To be driven by the fact that no one is beyond the redeemable reach of Christ. Period. And that as a church, we become ambassadors for this message of God's divine glory and the transformation of lives. If we're moving up the street because we think the space looks better and because we're tired of setting up with a trailer, we're missing the entire point. But if we believe, truly believe, that making a move helps us advance our mission, then I'll take everything I have and give it away. Because I deeply believe in the call to take this gospel into the world. 
these are incredible moments for us as a church. These are moments that we look back on and we'll say, do you remember that day we sat in Will Rogers and we talked about what God was doing? These are those moments where we all come together and we say, you know what, we're in. I'm pushing all my chips in. I'm saying, I'm in. This is my church. Not only financially, but you become the invitation to the world to come be a part of what God is doing. And we're going to do it together. There's going to be so much more to come over the next four weeks about what God is doing. This ride, this adventure, this journey in following Jesus just got a whole lot more exciting. In two weeks, not this Sunday, but probably two weeks, directly following worship, we're going to have a prayer service in the new facility. We've just got to get some flooring repair done so we don't fall through. All right. Once that's all taken care of, we're going to meet over there after worship and pray God's blessing and favor over that place and prepare because our goal, our goal is to be in there in 45 days. So we've got a lot of work to do in 45 days. So if you've got nothing going on, let me know, all right, because I really could use the help. But God is blessing us, and we're excited about what God is doing. So as we close in worship, we're going to be proclaiming God's faithfulness, celebrating his love for this next step in the adventure of following Jesus together. Let's stand together and pray.